Alright, are you ready? I thought I was going to mention something horror-related, and then it slipped out of my head. Let's just go. And if I break into song and dance, it'll be fine. I'm Nathan. And I'm Lucas. And this is the Monster Pod. Uh, and tonight we're talking about Manhunter. Manhunter. 1980. 1986? 86? Yeah, it's an 86. <laughs> oh, your eyes are bad. <laughs> I'm not wearing my glasses. I didn't know you had glasses. Reading glasses. Oh. And I was reading, so... Yep. Now then... Needed my glasses. Manhunter is the precursor... Is the first movie made um, from the Red Dragon book. Right. Who wrote that? Do you remember? I can't remember right now. It should be in your notes. It should be. Um, Why is it not in your notes? You just wrote Manhunter 1986 DVD. <laughs> Why did I, you write DVD on your notes? Because I like to keep track of what format I was watching it. Why? Because if it was a Blu-ray... Uh-huh. It, it, it's like at the end when I'm recommending whether or not people should buy it or watch it or something like that... If I have a Blu-ray that has no extras, uh-huh. it's like, eh, why bother finding the Blu-ray? Just get it on DVD because the Blu-ray will up-convert it anyways. Up-convert it. Yeah, that's that's a thing. <laughs> when you put a DVD into a Blu-ray player, uh-huh. it up-converts it. Up-converts it. Yes. God, okay. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Manhunter, directed by Michael Mann. Uh, and it's based on Thomas Harris' book. There we go, Thomas Harris. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if he wrote the screenplay or not. I want to say he did, but I'm not sure. I, I think that, uh, maybe, I think that he was involved. All right, anyway. Yeah, it doesn't matter. This uh, is this is in the height of Michael Mann's, um... Sorry, uh, hitting stuff with the computer. You guys don't see that. Uh, this is in the height of Michael Mann's uh, directing Miami Vice. So how cool Miami Vice looks, that's how cool Manhunter looks. In Manhunter, almost every single frame is like a still photograph. I'd it's like to see a, absolutely beautiful. I'd like to see a Manhunter-Miami Vice mashup. Uh-huh. Why? Basically just Miami Vice going after a uh, why? Why? Why, why would they go after a serial killer? They're, they bust drug dealers. That's what the Vice Squad was made for in Miami. A serial killer slash druggie. You're dumb. A little bit. All right. So, uh, so yeah, it was the based off of Red Dragon um, Mm -hmm. and the the Hannibal Lecter books. Yeah, where he's the quote main character, even though he has very little screen time. Even though in this movie. Uh, we are predominantly after a serial killer called the Tooth Fairy. Well, quotes. Because the DA was like, I don't want to hear anybody calling the Tooth Fairy in the press. Alright, fine, whatever. Um, he had his reasons. I don't know With if I'm going Airy to. Fay? No, 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 no. Okay. I hated that so much just now <laughs> that you said that in Pig Latin. I can't even tell you. Your you wife want... hated it so much that she just immediately went into a coma. <laughs> She's like, forget it. She cocooned herself <laughs> just to get away from your <laughs> terrible jokes. She's like a hedgehog with uh, with her defense mechanism. Just bad jokes. She just curls up in a ball. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, they're chasing after the tooth fairy. Uh, and except for Hannibal, like in, in terms of movies, which probably not going to get into all of them, try to just stick with Manhunter. I think Hannibal's the only one where Hannibal Lecter is the main, air quotes. The main uh, villain. Yeah. Like Manhunter and Red Dragon, it's truth Even though in Silence of the Lambs, he does some pretty awesome stuff to escape um, and does stuff in the um, in the psych ward and everything, but... But he's not the one that they're chasing down. Right. And so in, in this movie, Hannibal Lecter is played by, what is it, Brian Cox? Brian Cox. The uh, the chief in Super Troopers. Yes. Not the police chief. The uh, state trooper chief. Which is <laughs> the greatest. Um, 
But he plays a wonderful Hannibal Lecter in this. It's it's very non-cartoony, which I would I would say that um, Anthony Hopkins is a little bit more cartoony. Yeah, a, a little bit more. I'm more like so not like Hannibal Barbera cartoony, but <laughs> definitely more like um, the Last Unicorn cartoony. Sure. So I watched them not back to back, but I watched them uh-huh. uh, a day or two apart because right. I was like, I want to go back and watch all of them. Uh, hopefully we can talk about all of them at some point. Um, but but I went back and rewatched them. But would we just keep going over the same psychosis, though? Well, it's more of a focus on Manhunter in this one with tidbits from the others. Right. And the other ones would be, like, focusing well, and then a retrospective well, comparison. Well, here's, here's, here's what I think the focuses would be in the different ones is... Actual, actually, not so much the killers themselves because I think they have the same psychosis, but the difference psychosis comes from the antagonist. I mean, the protagonist. Forgive me. Right. Com- comes from the actual people that are hunting them down. Right. Uh, Clary Starling ha- has a different psychosis than. Um, oh God, I can't remember our main. Will guy's Graham. Name. Will Graham. So Will Graham's psychosis is a lot of fun. If you ask me, his is a whole lot of fun, it. and his so psychosis is the one you, that made you and, hate him. And it's portrayed very differently by Edward Norton in Red Dragon. So yeah, like subsequent episodes would be more on the the actual style of the movie, etc., not so much the the content. Which is um, actually pretty cool because you go, oh, here's Manhunter, um, where William Peterson, who is in CSI or in CIS or or cop show, cop show, find yeah. the bad guy now, whatever. He um, he plays it. He's in his thirties in this movie. It's in the eighties. Well, we already told you, nineteen eighty-six. Yes, and he takes his craft very seriously. From what we've seen, a of little because I watched because I watched some of the stuff that Did you, you watch the extras. About. I watched some of the extras, oh, and yeah. he's taking himself very seriously. He, he Whereas, had a makeup person. The credits of the like behind the I scenes know. documentary. Yeah, he had a makeup. person. I want to know who permed the sides of his head because this sides of his hair didn't stick out more. I'd like to think that it was Brian Cox, <laughs> and he was, was his doing hair it just to be a jerk. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this will look great on you. <laughs> He's vaguely Scottish. He is vaguely Scottish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Brian Cox did an awesome job. Um, oh, God, God, the color that. contrasts well, before in this we, movie. Okay, before we on. start getting too far into it, too all over the place, we should do the thing that we do. Of uh, we're going to hit a lot of spoilers. It's a thirty-year-old movie at this point, so it's spoilers. Uh, you should be used to them, uh, or not used it's, to them, but it, they, they, you have no excuse. It has a slow burn. It's a great slow burn. This is actually good acting. Where you can care about each character individually. Um, <clears throat> so if you have a problem with that, because you're too young to appreciate that, uh, I can't help you. Yeah. You may not like this. Watch Hannibal the series. Supposedly I, it's great. I love Brian Cox's um, Hannibal. Like, I, he, I think, is much more... T- I think he's a very different kind of terrifying because he's a little bit more realistic real uh-huh and so the thing that's more terrifying about that right. is i think that he would blend into society so much easier yeah Com- compared to um compared to like silence of the lambs where it's very very dramatic and like still and motionless and right 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 <clears throat> um so yeah if you've not seen it watch it i i loved it there are parts about it that i don't that We'll get into when we start uh, breaking it down, but absolutely, absolutely see it. So you definitely recommend this movie? Oh yeah, absolutely. I I picked up two copies of the DVD for a buck. So for me, it's a very easy buy. Yeah, if you find it for a buck, because he gave me the other copy which I needed. So thank you. Right. Uh, it's uh, I wasn't just hoarding like twenty copies of Manhunter. No, not yet. Um, which I was bummed out that it didn't have the artwork. From the original VHS tape on it, which is completely 80s Michael Mann, uh, blue-purple. Right. Which this movie has a whole lot of awesome color contrast between the blue, the green, the purple. And the white. And the w- black and white, yes. Oh, man, it's cool. Yeah. It is really cool. 
great use of color. Um, really interesting on how they deal with the with who they focus on and when, and what color they use, and what color they use. Yeah, um, that was really fun. Relatable characters, some of them that you feel sorry for, and you know what? I'm just now thinking this is yeah. almost like a real, realistic Dick Tracy. <laughs> the way Michael Mann <laughs> shot this. My very bad uh, yeah. impersonation of it's fine. Dustin Hoffman as Mumble saying as Tooth Mumbles. Fairy did it. Love it. Yeah. Now listen. Um, we also recommend the 1990, 92, 91, 92, 89. What? Silence of the Lambs? Dick Tracy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Can we do that one? Treat that as a horror movie. There are some pretty disfigured people. All of them. And <laughs> all of them are cartoons. Yeah. That movie's great. Okay. Okay. I, I segue. I rabbit trailed so hard. So, um, so yeah, for me, uh, Manhunter, cheap enough, absolutely a buy. I say watch it. Absolutely. Go watch it. See. Go watch it right now and enjoy the slow burn. And here's something that I'm going to spoil before you watch it. If, you, if anybody does this with these podcasts where they actually <laughs> watch it before we start spoiling it, whatever. I, I don't think anyone does it. This is more of a CYA. Well, I don't where, think anyone so listens. Don't get the... Well, obviously, no. What's the CYA exactly? Explain. Cover your butt. Oh, okay. Uh, so I don't have people like, no, you didn't say the spoiler warning. Well, so who cares more... if they do or they don't? Nah. Are you afraid of people's words? No. Me neither. Um, Only yours. Well, here's the thing. Um, here's the thing. Halfway through the movie, halfway through the movie, we change perspectives. So. The first half, we are with Will Graham. The second half, we are with Tom Noonan, the Tooth Fairy. Okay, guys, this is who the Tooth Fairy is. This is who Tom Noonan is. Francis Dollarhide. What? Francis Dollarhide. Tom Noonan is Is, the actor. Right. Yeah. Francis Dollarhide is the... Is the character. Yeah. But Tom Noonan is the dad... In um, the movie that Nathan and I both really, really like, uh, uh, House of the Devil. Yes. Oh, God, I love that movie so much. (laughs) Tom Tom Noonan is a character-looking person all his own. But every interview I've seen him in, he's been very level-headed and just an actor. You know what I mean? Um, And he likes his craft. And he doesn't take himself too seriously, but he takes what he does seriously um, in the end. And I think he was perfect for it. And I think he did a great job as the Tooth Fairy. I think. Why did they call him the Tooth Fairy? I don't remember. Because he would bite people, right? No, yes. Because uh... people had bite marks on them. Yes? Yeah, that's it. Did it. I'm right. So go watch the sure. movie now, and look out. Here comes spoilers, yay. Cue the music? Is that what we do? Yeah, then then uh, then we play some music. Okay. I'm just going to use this as the transition. Are you going to put that in, or is that going to pick it up? I'll pick it up. Very long transition. So good. Just you and me now, sport. I'm not fine. Damn it. All right, you get that sweet, sweet synth music throughout this whole movie, and it just adds to the atmosphere of the whole thing. Because um, it's open and airy at that point. Because Will Grant, I'm going into it now. Will yeah, Grant, we'll the spoilers. Will, yeah, we're here. I'm going, and we're going to be all over the place, and we jump around, and you know that's how we do it, or you don't, but that's how we don't care. 
Um, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> we do this for us. <laughs> We're the only ones that listen back if at, at all. So anyway. So anyway. It's, it's light and airy. A lot of synth music in this. And at that particular point, he has crossed over in his head into um, his psychotic reasoning, which helps him catch other uh, uh, serial killers. He, if he wasn't a cop, he may be a serial killer, which um, they don't come out and say it. But they say it. What the Hannibal says it. They like, he, he, he's oh. like you're you're the same. He person. said you, you know caught me because we are the same. Yeah, yeah. He's crazy. And and this tra- the music transitions over this way, uh, also letting you know and giving you the feeling that he's alone. He's on his own, and it's basically him going after the tooth fairy. It's just him and the tooth fairy. That's all it's going to be from now on. And it's not them physically. It's him and the tooth fairy mentally is what it is. And I... I it, it's like watching it. two separate movies. Which part of me really... Part of me really enjoys that. Mm-hmm. Where the first half, you're uh-huh. with Will Graham and you're following him. You don't even see... I, I It was at least 30 or 40 minutes into the movie uh-huh. before you even see... Uh, dollar hide. Like, no. you don't see him at all. It's a solid hour and 15 before you see him alone, which is the thing that you and I have talked about before of you never see the killer Mm-mm. by themselves because it's always in relation to... So it is well over half the movie before he has any scene where he's by himself. Yep. So, so it really does feel like first half, you're watching a Will Graham movie. Mm-hmm. Second half, you're watching a Francis Dollar Hyde movie. Right. I, I really appreciate that. I really like that. I think it really works for this movie. It, it's it been too long since I've seen Red Dragon, but uh-huh. I feel like in Red Dragon, there was a little bit more of your following both of them. Right. And like it's transitioning into mostly Graham's character. Right. With a little bit of sprinkling dollar hot. So like you're seeing both of them develop. Right. That is the one complaint that I have about how that was done of first half Will Graham, second half Dollar Hide. <clears throat> Not me, man. Is it to me to me there wasn't enough of the character development getting up to really caring about that character. Well, I saw it <clears throat> as a transition between Will Graham uh just being afraid of himself. And what he becomes whenever he is hunting right. a serial killer. And so it's him on the trail of a serial killer. Him remembering back and having to talk to Hannibal Lecter. So if you look at it in terms of this, we are actually looking inside. We are watching who he is in his head. Whenever he says, it's just you and me now, sport. Okay. <laughs> And he, um, and the music transitions up, and then we go to Dollar Hide. That essentially, in, my, in the way I view it, is Graham becoming the serial killer. So it's split personality, split movie, becoming Noonan, so that we ourselves are now <clears throat> transitioning into the serial killer as well. Right. And that is the beauty of the midway point of this movie, which I love. Well, I, I, I agree with a caveat. Okay. Uh, two things in relation to that sort of split personality and uh, seeing things or becoming the, the serial killer. Right. <clears throat> the opening scene, you do see, you do see some of the, uh, not really murder, but some of the stalking through the house. Right. Through Dollar Hyde's eyes. Right. You don't actually see him until much later, which I do really like the fact that for the first half of the movie, it feels like... A dream. Because you're following the cops... Right. You're the same, like, who is it? Where, what What are the facts? Like, you know, the, the one part where he's walking through the parking lot, <clears throat> and they're like, oh, it's this guy, let's go tackle him. We as an audience don't know whether or not that's actually the right guy. No, we don't. Because we've never seen him. Right. We know nothing about him. Right. So it does add to that suspense. It does add to more of that, like, cop drama-esque. Right. But I think that some of that transition to where, again, you're seeing a little bit more 
of the serial killer, mm-hmm. even if they had done more of the, uh, like, seeing things through his eyes. Mm-hmm. I think that that still could have accomplished both, of giving it a little bit more character development, a little bit more of the, this is a serial killer, and that suspense, rather than just from Graham's point of view. They, like, I think that that could have... They did that with sort the... Of. Re- well, not with this movie. With the remake of the movie Maniac. <clears throat> with Elijah Wood. Mm-hmm. Which I haven't seen yet. They shot that movie in POV. The remake. They shot the remake in POV as if you are the serial killer the whole time. Amazing. I need to see that. It's amazing. Watch the original Maniac for that viewpoint and then watch the remake with Elijah Wood because it's not shot for shot, but it's the same movie. Right. Um, Just, you know, updated a little bit and holy cow. Kind of like Manhunter and Red Dragon. It's like, obviously the same, but they're not trying to go shot for shot. Right. Here's my other problem, which I had complained to you about before. You're like, no, that's part of what makes it so great. Uh-huh. It's part of the thing that you, God, do, you do not like, right? One of my biggest gripes, uh-huh. similar to how, um, what's his name, Peterson, uh, William Peterson, similar to how he takes himself a little too seriously, even in those behind the scenes, with those curls and his makeup and like lighting and all that crap. He's the only character that I feel like overacts the part. Right. And the part that bothers me about that... <clears throat> excuse me. Is um, when he's getting in the mindset of the killers. Right. He goes from nothing, nothing, nothing angry. Like, it, to me, there's not enough buildup from normal, I'm just trying to get in the mindset... To being in the mindset, mm-hmm. and if he just has that short of a temper and like switches that quickly, right? There's only like one other scene uh, with the uh, reporter where like he throws him over the car that it shows that, but there's not enough of the. It doesn't show enough of that inner turmoil of him quote becoming the serial killer by putting himself in that mindset. Well, uh, I got enough of it. I got enough of it, I felt, with um, the way it was actually directed with the music and everything else. I, I think that helped a lot with uh, the feeling. Uh, because because uh, Graham himself is a maniac, just like the maniacs he's after. Right. So I see it as making perfect sense with the way he he played it because it's in him all the time. And whenever he's alone, he can let it loose if he needs to, if he wants to. But and I thing. think there's part of him if, that would like to be that way all the time, so he doesn't have to bottle it up. But if that's the case... So it's right there on the surface all the time. If that's the case, there needs to be more of a struggle. Like, to me, there wasn't enough struggle. It was, I'm a family man. I love my wife. I'm here and a good person. I'm hunting down this killer. I talk very calmly most of the time when I'm talking to people. You probably went through the window, didn't you? Like, he just... It's too too quick of a switch for me when he does that, without enough inner turmoil bubbling over the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I I think I think just um, just to uh, see it my own way, just to make myself feel better. I I literally just view that as it's underneath, right underneath the surface of of, of uh, who he is. So it's just gonna, it's always always kind of rippling underneath, and all it takes, and it still looks, it still looks peaceful even if it's rippling. The only time that his um, psychotic water actually splashes any is whenever anything breaks the surface. So even when anything is under the surface, it still looks calm, but if anything at all breaks the surface, you're going to send ripples all over the place, and it's still going to look a little bit violent, no matter how small it is. Um, And I'm okay with that. I I get that. Of of course, that's me really manipulating what I just said to make you (laughs) see it my way. Watching it, it feels (laughs) overacted. Watching it, it's like watching a Shakespearean actor. But I think that's okay. It's it's like the difference between watching a Shakespearean actor that just does like to be or not to be. Whether it's his nobler versus to be or not to be. I didn't know. It, I don't it, think so. I don't think so. It it felt it felt forced and overacted. But he was the only character that I felt that way. Well, he was manic and he was he was he was crazy too. And that's just I'm fine with it. What? Hannibal Lecter is crazy. I like, but him. a very controlled, very he's smarter. Oh my god, I love Brian Cox as Hannibal. Brian Lecter. Cox 
Well, Hannibal is super genius. Oh, man. He's a super genius. Whenever he makes a phone call and he's able to put two and two together, make a phone call. Um, Are you choking back a call for tears? <laughs> I almost threw up. Uh, uh, he's able to. He's able to literally make a phone call and uh, get the address of Graham and alert the tooth fairy of where Graham lives, so that the, he'll go kill his family. And it's so diabolical, and so those scenes put putting all that together is so beautifully done. It is a amazing yeah he and he and and, and you're it. right it's not overacted at all it is just it's a beautiful performance but i wait even i like the i like the back and forth of the different the acting i really did i i liked that graham is a little bit of a wild card you know whenever it comes to the way that he he speaks and everything because it's it i don't know it just makes me feel like he could break at any point I, and, and it's okay and for him to break that. whenever he's alone and but it's, but the, again, it's i think it's the only time i i think to me it seems like at the end of the movie when he does meet the tooth fairy and he finds out where he is and he just runs through the glass, which is impossible. And he's not even cut, but it's awesome. And it's Michael Mann. It's somewhere between that is one of the best scenes in the movie and that is so stupid. Yes. But it works with the movie. And it's 1986. Oh, so go with it. Um, he doesn't try to shoot through the window. He jumps through the window first. It is personal at this point because he's like, oh, you. he's got to get close to it because... Because he sees himself as um, Tom Noonan. You know what I mean? He sees himself as somebody that's like the Tooth Fairy as well. It, it was I, I believe that whenever he kills him... So Graham kills the Tooth Fairy, okay? He kills the Tooth Fairy. He basically kills off a part of himself that's going to be able to rest and not be so psychotic anymore. I believe... Him murdering a man was actually <laughs> totally ca- fine with that. Cathartic. It was the and helped running, him go back. Home it was to the his running family. towards the window rather than just shooting through it. Like, I, anyways, well, he can't, couldn't give himself away. It was like a surprise <laughs> crash. So Let's dumb. fight, and it's awesome. And he kills him oh, relatively man. quick for what it is, and it, and it needs and, to be because you're not going to have a you know you're not going to have an Arnold Schwarzenegger fight. You know, it's it's not going to be like. Um, did you true watch? Lies did in the you bathroom. watch uh, some of the behind the scenes about like how they filmed that? No. Fantastic. They had to not only like splice some of the stuff together, uh-huh. but speed it up a little bit. And like at that point, they were out of budget, so it was like some dude with like a bag of blood, like squeezing it to make the blood spurt out behind uh, Dollar Hide. Wow! <laughs> it it made that <clears throat> ending scene. So much more interesting. Yes. So, <clears throat> speaking of Dollar Hyde Such and transitions movie. and all that other stuff. Right, right, right. The first time that we actually see him, mm-hmm. uh, Dollar Hyde, Tooth Fairy, whatever, right. is after he kidnaps that reporter. Uh-huh. And he's weird and creepy, and I don't know how to feel about it. Like, he's, I put in my he, notes... He has the, the pantyhose halfway on his head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and good. I put in the notes... He's played a little effeminate. Yes. But then, like, it keeps going back and forth. Like, at first, I was like, oh, it, they're putting him too effeminate. I don't, not crazy about it. But it wasn't long until I was like, no, he is super creepy. Like, that, I don't think, was so much an effeminence as just a... Well, what he was talking about, though, was that the reporter said that he was homosexual. Yeah. And he was like, do you think of me that way? Yeah. And then he kisses him, but he doesn't kiss him. He eats his face off. <laughs> and then sets him on fire and rolls him down a ramp in a parking lot. I was not expecting that scene. Ah, uh, that was so amazing. It was great. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. So good. That's why they call him Tooth Fairy, because he bites everybody. So. Oh, he it, ate that guy's face. He, he was so good. And he. Oh, but he put in fake teeth, though. 
They said th- these are his teeth. He put in false teeth <clears throat> over. Did you notice that? I whenever he's talking to him, remember. he takes Maybe. false teeth out, puts them in, and he bites him with fake teeth. So whenever they go um, to get the dental records and everything, it's not even real teeth. They're faked. I mean, he he thought of some stuff. He he did. Um, yeah. What he, I, one thing that I couldn't put my finger on was the colorization of certain scenes. The love scene between him and his wife and any affection scene between him and his wife, Graham yeah, and not, his wife. <laughs> not Dollar High. He had a love scene too. Right, but that was just... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sexy. That scene unsettles me <coughs> in so many ways. You didn't, you didn't take notes? I took some notes. It unsettled me. Right, right, right. No, I mean for yourself. <laughs> You're like, sweet move. First, find a blind chick. Oh. Okay, okay. We'll get to that. Okay, so, but Graham, uh-huh. uh, Michael Mann used blue. Used uh, just a really cool color blue and saturated the whole frame with blue. Just like Top Gun. Same thing having a Top Gun. <laughs> now then, um, so any affectionate <clears throat> scenes with him and his wife, blue. Scenes whenever he is talking about the murder, and I couldn't, I couldn't decide which it was between because he would use purple. No, he would use blue and green and purple. And uh, Will, right? Yeah. Will Graham. Yeah. Will, I can't get my names correct. <laughs> uh, Graham. Let me just call him Graham. Graham was usually wearing green and blue together whether it be a green shirt and a blue tie or a green shirt and a purple tie depending on what was going on whenever he was alone he had a purple tie he had like a blue shirt and a purple tie something like that and then he had a green shirt and a blue tie whenever he was with other people and that mixed with the lighting and his mindset i could not decide if that actually meant something, because Michael Mann was saying that the colorization was on purpose for certain reasons, and I could not find the correlation, and I didn't know if I was reaching. Some of that might have been just reaching, right? Mid eighties color palette, which you know maybe it was, but he had hidden so many things in this movie that I couldn't decipher. Like you had mentioned, the tiger. There's. Yeah, a lot of it it almost feels like a dream. And then like, part of it going on and then that? part of it is a dream. <laughs> like it, part of it he has nightmares and there's a tiger going to go kill his family. And I think that just meant dollar hide or did he feel like he could potentially kill his own family because he's crazy. Discuss. You know what I mean? I, was I was think, he the tiger? Was the tiger inside him? No, cuz the tiger was I forget if Dollar High took the blind woman it, co-worker or if she took him to like a zoo they did to see s- a sick tiger. Right, he saw a sick tiger and like she was she's like feel it but, the, but wasn't there good. a tiger that was running through the house at one point? No. There wasn't? No. Oh, no, wow. the, the, there was just the sick tiger in the zoo. Oh, I'm making that up. I think so. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Are you becoming Dollar Hide? No. I hope not. I don't have the time. I don't have time to set up the, to watch people in a tree. <laughs> Eating Mars bars, apparently. <laughs> did you know that was the candy bar? It was a Mars bar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What did that mean? Mm. Carving in the little thing. He, he carved in the symbol, the red dragon symbol, into the tree. Which was dumb. Dumb thing to do. Well, but isn't that the tattoo he had on his body? Did he have a tattoo? Like I don't, I don't remember seeing one. I know in Red Dragon he had like the full on like trying to become the dragon. He's like I'm, I'm becoming the Red Dragon. Yeah. I will be the Red Dragon. Yeah. I, I can't remember. If so, it was underplayed. Um, yeah. Wait. Well, no, I well, think, was I it, think that, that there was, was it... actually. I think that was one of the deleted scenes. Was like there was. Um, or one of the recut scenes or something that had Dollar Hyde like with tattoos, right? And I think that they actually used the scene without tattoos. Mm-hmm. I think. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh Uh-oh. Now people can't use this as their thesis. Oh, no. Um, If they're using us as their thesis... Bad news. Or awesome news. I'd be okay with it. I would be like, you are not credible. (laughs) You're awful. Your masterwork is done. So the sex scene. Mm Mm-hmm. All blue. All weird. So good. Giant window. See the beach. See the moon. Beautiful. Wait, are you talking about Graham or Dollar Hyde? I'm talking about Graham. I'm talking about Dollar Hyde. I can't. The Graham sex scene wasn't that weird. No. Uh, The the Dollar Hyde. Dollar Hyde. I pushed it out of my brain. The thing that was so unsettling because I remember Red Dragon because I was like, oh, it's like oral. Well, like Red Dragon, it shows some of that connection. Like it shows again some of that character development. Right. You see a little bit more. <clears throat> of uh, Ray Fiennes wanting to actually be with that woman. Right. So it makes a little bit more sense. In Manhunter, like, y- you had just seen him throw the uh, burning guy in a wheelchair down a <laughs> down a parking structure. <laughs> Next scene, he's just doing some stuff with some photos, walks into this other room, and, uh, like, insists that he gives a co-worker a ride home. Right. That was the first interaction that you had seen between them. But then he took her to see the tiger. He's like, I've got to show you something on the way. Yeah. And she's like, okay. Yeah, like, not weird at all. Just, hey, I'm going to force myself to take you home. She is really bad at just feeling people out. Yeah. Which. Hilarious. Yes. <laughs> Your word choice is inappropriately <laughs> hilarious. Um, <laughs> well, she's blind. Right. Listen, listen. So, so the first interaction that you see between them. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They then have sex, and you know, like, how terrible he is. Right. And it's just like, I... It was just so unsettling. It was so 80s. So yeah. It's weird. She, uh, segue, <clears throat> she is the wife in the Stephen King movie that recently came out last year, I think, or the year before. Uh, the Good Wife? No, 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 no. No, that's the show. A, it's called with, a, a Good Marriage. Uh, uh, what's her name? It's called and A Good Marriage. Josh Charles, and I've a, not seen A, a good, good Marriage. She's the wife, and the um, husband is Joe from Empire Records. And what happens is she, in one way, her husband always, it travels when he works for, for work. Uh, she has to get some batteries or something in the garage, and she finds... Um, this missing girl's ID in the garage in, like, a thing that he holds screws in or something like that. And uh, she puts two and two together and figures out that her husband is this serial killer that has been terrorizing this town for years. Um, it's, how do you not know that? It's pretty good. Like, how? John Wayne Gacy, bro. John Wayne Gacy. Have Fair we, enough. Have we been recording? <laughs> Honestly, that's what I was checking to make sure. I was going to say, because I can't do this oh. again. We're going to have to like come back next year and do Manhunter. If if it hadn't been recording, I would have just uh, been like... And then Lucas said, no, man, you don't get it. It was this way. And then Nathan said, no, you're wrong. It would have been a terrible episode. That sounds really bad. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. Um... So, we, so the end, really. Well, that's not a, the no, end. I'm We've talked about color a little bit. Okay, let's go back to Manhunter the, and the not strongest a good use. Well, yeah, because that's what we're talking about. I have not seen a good marriage. I, I think you'd like it. Okay, I, it's not. It's not the greatest, but it's good. I okay. While we're on that, I have this theory. <clears throat> People do not know how to do a good Stephen King movie. Now, granted, there's still a lot of Stephen King movies that I've not seen. Have you read Stephen King's books, though? Stephen King doesn't know how to land his plane. True, but... Stephen King is awesome, but then all of a sudden you go, what? What'd you do? What? Wait, what now, Stephen? They're they just We were lot. so on board, and then... But he writes so well, you just keep going to read stuff, hoping. There are a lot of Stephen King movies where, like, either there's one really great scene mm-hmm. that that makes the movie stand out, yeah. and so you forget about the other hour and 20 minutes <laughs> or like it's it's a pretty solid movie 
But then, like, there's that one scene that makes you go, wait a second. Like, Carrie? Love Carrie. But there's there's a couple of scenes where I'm just like, hold on. That could have been done better. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Uh, so, color. Manhunter. Right, right, right. To me, Hysterical. the best use of color, uh-huh. and probably my favorite scenes the entire movie, mm-hmm. every scene with Hannibal Lecter in his cell, sale in his cell, right, where it is just white. Oh, God. Like, bleach white. Yes. And so... Sterile. Yes. Because he's so dark and so evil. The contrast is really cool. I love it. Oh my god, I the love it. The contrast is very cool. And you never see Hannibal whenever he is talking to Graham. <laughs> Something cool to look out for. They're both behind bars when either of them's talking. When Hannibal's talking, you see Graham behind the bars. When Graham is talking, you see Hannibal behind the bars. And it's a really cool contrast. Like, who's the crazy one? Who's locked up? Who's not? And there's a lot to say about the first scene within talking to Hannibal. Because once you see Hannibal alone, uh, you get Hannibal alone making the phone call. Like, you're in the cell with him. Well, aside from being in the cell with him, so comparing Manhunter to Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I love Anthony Hopkins. His version of Hannibal is so terrifying. And it's fun. And I love it. And, like, when he eats the dude's face and love it. So good. Yep. But, again, part of what makes Brian Cox's portrayal just real and, and that much more terrifying because of the, this could be anyone. Yep. Uh, I think it's the scene where he's making the phone call. Or it could just be one of the other scenes. And he's just lounging like a college dude, like his leg propped up on the wall. Chewing some gum. Yeah. Like, he's he's not all, like, stiff as a board right. like Anthony Hopkins' character. and. Right. I love it. And he had oh more. My God. He had friendly inflection in his voice, but not in his face. His face was still deadpan, but he changed his voice to sound like he was just being nice. Yeah, which spooky. Yeah, <laughs> it was done really well. It's, uh, it's a I, great scene. There are a lot of really good scenes. Lots about this movie that I like, but I really, really think that Brian Cox's Hannibal Lecter is what makes the movie for me. Do you feel like that is maybe what um, Harris had in mind for Hannibal? Oh, uh, did you read the book? No. You know, I guess I can't ask that I, question to you. I think so. I've not read the book, but I think so. Well, how can you answer that? So you can't answer that. Knowing the character, he's he's a psychiatrist. Right. 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 Okay. Kind of like you. Kind of like me. Yep. <laughs> Which is true. A little <laughs> bit. It's actually true. Uh, you have a degree in psych, psych, psych. Yeah. In psych, psych, psych. <laughs> in triple psych. <laughs> in triple sec. <laughs> same thing. Same thing. Uh, so, <laughs> like, knowing knowing that. Knowing that about his character, where he is a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. The more real, the more just kind of like, I don't have emotions. Right. I am here as a mirror for your emotions Mm -hmm. because that is what I'm here to do is to get you, not for me to point out things in you, but for you to see things in yourself. Right. I think that the way that that Hannibal is in Manhunter is closer to what you would see in a real psychiatrist. There's less of the... again, Again, it's very... I'm using hand motions, so people who are listening to this can't see right, how right. I'm trying to signify. But they can feel the, the struggle difference. in your voice. Right. <clears throat> they hear it. Which makes me think of this. Okay, they're both behind bars in that first, which is if a psychiatrist is trying to get you to see yourself, then is Will and Hannibal, and he says it whenever Will's trying to leave, you're just you're like me. That's why you were able to catch me. You know why you caught me, Will? You're just like me. The way Michael Mann shot it, if what you're saying is kind of on par, then whenever Hannibal sees Will, 
and Will sees Hannibal, and they shot it where they're both behind bars. It looks like one or the other is behind the bars. Then they are basically mirroring each other. Right. Because they're sitting right in front of each other. You know what I mean? So that's pretty cool. If you think about it that way, then... Oh, then that was a mirror, is yeah. what we were looking at. So that's pretty cool imagery right there. Yeah. And, and, and again, and oh, if, oh, God, it was so good. And if I'm right, Hannibal Lecter is all in white. Yeah. But Graham is wearing dark colors. I, I think he was wearing like a grayish suit, maybe. Still. Compared to the white. Yeah, because he, was, he, because he was never wearing black. Now, that is one of the things that I do like about Manhunter over uh, Silence of the Lambs. Uh-huh. Is in Silence of the Lambs, it's like a medieval dungeon. Yes. That Clarice is walking down into. Hysterical. Like, I, Hysterical. I had forgotten that. It had been so long since I'd seen it. And that's pretty, what? makes yeah. no, That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I've never seen... Well, I part I think part of the reason they did that was to have that stark contrast mm-hmm. between like a very dungeony, insane asylum. Right. Just, oh, here's all these people, you know, throwing things at Clarice's face, and by things yes, I mean things. sperm. <laughs> <laughs> we both giggle like we're fourteen. <laughs> oh. So the stark contrast between that and then Hannibal cell, where it's like that plexiglass and more more organized and so i think that in silence of the lambs it was intentional to have the contrast between his cell and the rest of the hallway mm-hmm. but it still doesn't make sense why a prison would essentially have a dungeon so i i did like the what well, just basically the realism and manhunter yeah it felt it felt a lot more except for the real. Ending. Except for the end and the and the bad guy sex. I I don't know the uh, the shotgun to the cop trying to come into the door. Awesome, seemed pretty realistic. That was awesome, awesome. Yeah, movie's great. Movie's great. How long was the movie? I don't know. It was. Uh, th- th- let's see. Does this have the running time on it? Was it two hours? It was two hours, wasn't it? Yeah. I, according to IMDb, uh, just shy of two hours. Yeah. It felt longer than that. Gosh, watch it. Well, it felt like two movies because it was supposed to. Yeah. Like, it, it felt it felt like two and a half. This is a good. This is a good. This is a good. Go see, go see it, children. I don't know if I can talk any more about it. Um, I don't know if I have anything else. Let's see. Were there, were there any other things? Uh, At one point I saw... Hey, can you, can you go back to IMDb real quick and tell me if Chris Elliott is in this movie? No. He's not, is he? I don't think that he is. But I, at one point, there's a dude that looks like Chris Elliott, and I was like, is that friggin' Chris Elliott? Uh, Dennis Farina is in it. He's great. Love De- him. Yeah, Dennis Farina's great. Keep going, keep going, keep going. See full cast. Because it's a small part inside the um, offices of... I know, I know. I'm... Re- I it is Chris Elliott. What? It is Chris Elliott. Huh. As Zeller. Oh my gosh. I was like, that looks like a really young Chris Elliott. Well there you go. Holy cow. Really cool. Alright, if you guys don't know who Chris Elliott is, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> uh if you've seen the uh show Eagleheart, he is Eagleheart. Which is a Walker, Texas Ranger uh, spoof, basically, and it's great. If you saw Cabin Boy, he is the Cabin Boy. No one has seen Cabin Boy <laughs> that <laughs> listens to this, unless they're our age. I'd like to think that everyone who's listening to this is the type of person who watches Cabin Boy on oh, a weekly Oh, you want to hear a fun fact? Is it a fart? No. Okay. But you, Tim Burton almost directed it. Cabin Boy? Yes. Can you imagine if Tim Burton had directed it? <laughs> well, then it would have had Johnny Depp rather than Chris Elliott. No, Chris. No, it would have been Chris Elliott. I don't. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel great about it. Maybe. How do you feel about Manhunter podcast that we just did? Well, <clears throat> one other thing. Uh, I, f- I forget which guy. Oh, oh, we're not done. We're not done. We're not done because I think that because I mean when we talk about horror, it's not just. The movie, mm-hmm. like that's actually one of the things that we've only barely scratched the surface of is what about this movie is terrifying? What about the horror of this movie uh-huh. is the horror aspect? Right. 
like we mentioned it a little bit with the first half. There's the suspense of you're uh-huh. you're just with the cops, right. so you don't actually know what's going on. Sure, sure, sure. You've talked a little bit about Graham and his sort of not quite split personality. His psychosis, his, right? Where he's kind of the serial killer ish, right, right. but not. But he's just under the surface, right? Right, right. Which talked, is real for people. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's what makes it scary. Uh, talk about Hannibal Lep- Lecter, which everyone should know, but is a cannibal, right? Um, Talked about. I mean, well, he's not theory. like a full on cannibal, but he will eat you. Yeah, to prove a point. I think that he sees it as a delicacy, human meat. Right. Yeah. But it, I, th- I think that it's for actual like eating and not just kind of like a. Eh. Guess I'll eat the face now. No, he does it with a purpose. Right. And that is freaking weird. I just pictured Hannibal Lecter and a dolphin. Does it with a purpose? Pur- purpose. Hate you. Okay. You love uh, me. What else? Um. But I forget if it was um, I forget if it was Noonan or Brian Cox in uh-huh. the behind the scenes stuff. Right, right, right. But they said the movie was more about horror implied rather than horror explained. I like it, and and I think that that does a really really good job of summing up why throughout the entire movie. Uh huh. It, it just made me feel uneasy. Parts of it felt like a nightmare. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like watching some horror movies where, like, you're jumping and startled and terror. It was just right. a whole lot of, like, I feel I feel awkward. I feel kind of weird. Like, yeah. it just... I feel kind of gross. Something's unsettled. Yeah. Something. And, and I think that that is where that horror comes from. Yeah. Is you don't know who the serial killer is. You know that he's going to attack. Um, you had mentioned that Hannibal sends out uh, Graham's address. Uh-huh. Nothing ever comes of that. Like, he never goes after him. We never see anything happen with that. I think in Red Dragon it does. No, he, he didn't get a chance to because the next scene is the, the cops shuttling his, him, his wife and his son out of there. I think, but I think in Red Dragon, like, you actually see the final showdown mm-hmm. at Graham's house, oh. not at Dollar Hyde's house. Which would make a heck of a lot more sense for Manhunter. Right. But, uh,. So nothing ever happens with that, but still, knowing what you know about the serial killer at that point, mm-hmm. knowing what you know about Hannibal Lecter, knowing that relationship that Graham has with his son, knowing some of that um, sort of strained relationship with his wife because he's gone and he keeps right. leaving, like it just set me a little on edge with the, they're going to die. Like, I, I, I've seen Red Dragon, I know that they're not, but, but they're going to die. Right, right, right. Like, I saw the beginning of Manhunter, where he kills them horribly. His wife and son are going to die. But that was the nightmare he was having. He, because of his psychosis, Graham was thinking that he was going to kill his own family, because he is just like a serial killer. That's the unsettling part. Well, and again, that's more of that horror implied. Like, Uh it never comes out and says that. Right. But you have the things like Hannibal saying, we're the same, you and I. Right, right, right. You have uh, him talking about, you came in through the window, didn't you? You... Right, right, right. Like, you see all of that, and they never come out and say, well... Well, I think he gets angry and says that because in his heart, he's like, that's what I would have done. And so he's, oh, ang- yeah. he's absolutely. The anger isn't so much at them. The explosive anger comes with the deep seated anger he has towards himself. And as a manic, I understand. But again, so much of that is implied, and I think that that I think that's part of what does well, such a good job. It's explained well, now. It is explained. We've explained it. And I, I think, obviously, Hannibal was my favorite part of Manhunter. As you keep saying, yes. yes. But I think that that's also why he was so terrifying. Well, Noonan was your second favorite part, apparently, from what you're saying. The villains really carried the hell out of this movie. Yeah. And then there's Dennis Farina, who I just always love. Yeah, Is is he ever not a good character? Yeah, Dennis. Can't get rid of that mustache, baby. Is he ever not the same character? Oh, he's just Dennis. Yeah, he's always just yelling at something. He's just Dennis yelling and probably a cop. Yeah. Unless it's Snatch, and then he's a cop? Gangster? Gangster cop? We're I just could... glad he's in the movie. Yeah. He's in the movie, yeah. I'm coming to London. I love Snatch. Yeah, dude. It's such a good movie. You love Snatch? <laughs> We're 14 again. <laughs> you said sperm. <laughs> All right. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm done. Ridiculous. I'm done. All right, yeah. I, I Love I'm, it. Go I'm see it. I'm tapped out. 
what rent it, what? see it, buy it for a dollar at your local pawn shop. Yes. Manhunter. You will. It's a good time at the movies. The case looks like crap, so if you're judging a book by its cover, it's garbage. The VHS cover, way better with more colors. The other one just looks like black and red. It sucks, but um, it's fine. It's the movie inside. Man, it's good. Get past a little bit of the overacting through uh, Peterson. I didn't have to. I thought it was fine. You, you thought it was fine. I thought it was overacted. Uh, but I also pay way too much attention to some things. Okay, okay. But what 80s movie isn't kind of overacted, please? True. Please. I, I overanalyze stuff, though. Like the scene where he's in oh, the grocery store. Oh, do you? Do we have a whole podcast about overanalyzing yes. things? <laughs> we just overanalyze the crap in this movie. When Graham's in the grocery store with his kid... Yeah. And it's going back and forth between the, the, the two camera angles. Oh, that is shot so well. God, this movie's awesome. <laughs> There's a continuity error where, like, they're standing still. There's some jiffy pop. In he the has, end. like, yeah, like peanut butter behind him. And then the next scene where they obviously haven't moved, there's, like, cans of soup. There's some continuity errors. Oh, no. I know. There's also... Uh, <laughs> well, that's lot, cool. That's a good catch. A that's whole cool. lot of jump cuts. Like, you know how most movies or yeah, TV shows show someone getting into or out of a car to show But this is the Miami Vice years. This is the Miami Vice years for, for Michael Mann, okay? There's a lot of just a character is in this place, and then they're in this place. Oh, that's Steven no Spielberg. Transition. Well, that's Steven Spielberg, too, so whatever. So whoever thinks Spielberg hung the moon can go eat it, because he doesn't. The- I think Spielberg kind of sucks. I think the only transition scene, not the only ones, the most prominent ones are when Graham is uh, on the plane. Uh-huh. And, like, but oh, consistently on the plane, too. Like, scene. sometimes in a plane, sometimes not, sometimes this, just there. The scene on the plane is awesome, though. Where the woman sitting next to him Where is he obviously falls asleep. going to have PTSD from seeing those pictures. Yeah. It was a little kid that yeah. saw the picture. She was like, Ma! He's like, oh, sorry. I just happened to have a whole family butchered in front of me. Just watch, look at these pictures beside this child. Oh, He was not using his noodle right no. there. Bad move. Bad form. Yeah. Don't bring your work on the plane when you're sitting next to, like, an 11-year-old. Oh, ridiculous. All right. Uh, so, yes, love it. Go see it. Next episode. Do you want to continue on with talking about Hannibal and no. go into Silence of the Lambs? No. Or do you need a break I need a to break. come back to it? I need a break. I know we've had like a three-month break about it, but I need a bigger break. I don't want to think about it in the back of my head at all. Like any movie at all? Or just No, Hannibal? no, no, Hannibal. Okay. I, don't, I don't want to think about Lecter. I want to think about a, I want a new one. Um, I, I really, really want to do House of the Devil, but because it's such a throwback... I, I want us to do some of the other things that it kind of harkens back to okay. first. Okay. What? Oh, this is the fun part of the podcast where they get to hear us decide. <laughs> oh, this is great. Hold on to your hats. Hey, it's a, it's a thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, well... All right, so far we've done Babadook, Dead Snow, uh, Halloween, uh-huh. Nightmare on Elm Street, uh-huh, uh... Nosferatu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Manhunter. Manhunter. Oh, wow. I can't believe we're already going on a seventh episode. I know. In two years. Um, (laughs) So we've done some comedy. (sighs) What do you think? Should we go old, old, old? No. I can't do Faust. I can't do it. I can't do Haxton. It's like four hours long. God dang, I can't do it. All right, so... First four that came to mind. <clears throat> okay. The host. Korean creature feature. Right, 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 right. I haven't seen the whole thing. The thing. John Carpenter's not the original because I, I don't have the original. I have both. I have both. I have both. All right, so that's a two-parter. <laughs> Either John Carpenter's The, the thing, thing okay, or the, the original The Thing. Oh, my God. The original thing is hilarious. It's great. Uh, Troll Hunter. Troll Hunter is cool. That's a fun one. That's on Netflix Norwegian right now. Found footage. Yes. Okay. 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 Or oh, that's fun. Man. One of the Universal monsters, like mm. Mummy, Dracula, uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Bride of Frankenstein. Didn't we go over those though? Didn't we? We've 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 done Nosferatu. Didn't? We? Oh, okay. Well, we've already done Nosferatu, so maybe. Okay, my I say either the thing, original and remake. We spent close to an hour talking through one movie. 
I know, but we did Nosferatu three different movies, and we broke it down an hour and a half. We did pretty good. Yeah. And listen, yeah. listen, I think we could... Um, people enjoy the thing a whole lot. Um, if we do... I think I think it would be a service to people that have already seen the thing if we did both of them together in one episode, though. Fair If enough. we decided to. Um, my vote is either the things, <laughs> both of them, and not the... Would we have to watch the friggin' prequel, though, that came out in 2011? I, I think for us to, like, go in depth the with stuff... The Swedish side of it? Or the I, Norwegian side? I think it would be kind of like what we did tonight, where we focus on one, maybe pull in some of the other stuff, mm-hmm. but leave enough of the main content to do one of the other ones. So, like, if we did the thing, I would want to do the original. We're going to end up talking about uh, John, John Carpenter's, Carpenter. yeah. But then, like, we could do a later episode where we focus on John Carpenter's The Thing. And then at some point, maybe we could do... If we do the original thing, maybe I should just bring it over, we should watch it, and then... Like, immediately. And then, like, see if we think we have enough to pull from. Maybe do a little bit of homework on it beforehand, then watch it, and then discuss it. I'm good with that. Um, so I say either the original thing, because, or Troll Hunter. I'm on board for either, hundred percent. I've not seen either, so I'm good with either. Audience, you decide and call us immediately so that we can make a decision. Uh, which one? I mean, just off the top of your head, which one would you like to do? Would you rather do Troll Hunter since it's newer? And Off the top of my head, I'm thinking Troll Hunter because well, I could I can go ahead and watch that one. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do Troll Hunter. And we can. All right. So next episode, Troll, Troll Hunter. Hunter. I look for. I've seen it once. I look for. I really look forward to watching it again because I had a whole lot of fun with it. We we could do a comparison episode with uh, BFG. <laughs> Have you seen BFG? No, it's good. It's really cute. It um, looks good. I, it looks it looks nice. I liked it a lot. I like BFG a lot. I'm I'm just like I've only seen the preview, but uh, of um well of both of them, but Troll Hunter, where there's like the one on the bridge and just like missiles just going at it. I can't wait till that scene. Oh, it's fun! It's fun. The one of the really there's a scene in it where they ask, "Are any of you Christians?" And he said, "Because trolls could smell Christian blood." <laughs> And they're all like, no. And then at one point, they're trapped because the troll sniffed them out. <laughs> and they turn to the camera guy. They're like, what? Are you are you a Christian? And he goes, I was raised Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just kind of funny. He's just like, all right, that's pretty funny. Can't wait. Yeah, so um, I thought it was a you, pretty... You know when you walk away from the mic, it gets quieter oh, I, and quieter. I, I, I was done. I've not hit stop. It's okay. You're still there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, next episode, Troll Hunter. Um, if, if you guys like what you hear, or girls, you know, gals, gals like horror too. It's gals and guys. I mean, it's equal parts. If any of our listeners yeah. uh, have have been enjoying the the stuff that we talk about, um, you know, it, let us know. Feel free to follow us on the Twitters and the Instagrams and the Facebooks. Um, I'm. At the Gargoyle, with most of it. It's all in the liner notes. Uh, Lucas, you're V3Lucas on Instagram. Yeah, that's it. I yeah. mean, that's all I've got. I don't do anything else. Yeah. So, th- th- those links are in the liner notes. Uh, if you guys like it, let us know. Follow us. Yeah. Lucas does a lot of the uh, the VHS stuff. Not a lot, but I do a little here and there. Yeah. Fart. My brain is so cooked. My brain is so cooked. I'm sorry. I like how we've turned into 14-year-olds in this episode. We haven't turned. We've just never evolved. It's boiling right under the surface. Uh, at any moment, It we'll didn't take like, much for it to get out. like, sperm. <laughs> giggle, giggle. There we go. All right, uh, all right guys. Um, uh, Nathan, I'll add music and upload this in another year or two. And <laughs> we'll, a couple of days. Weeks. Week, month. Yeah. Um... And it doesn't really matter because we just do this for fun and to blow off steam. And it's a pretty good bump in the road of our normal lives. Even though, Nathan, you still do other podcasts and stuff, don't you? Yeah, I do too much. 
Do you? Yeah. I don't do anything, so this is like the only thing I do. Still do uh, Mass the Stereo. Uh, I can't believe Daniel that. And, uh, I cannot Tim believe that you still Jeremy. do that one. But I I'm still, glad you had a good time. I still do... Jeremy, the, uh, I thought it was Tim. Does Tim not do it anymore? No, Daniel, Tim, and Jeremy. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, still do the Gargoyle podcast, where mm-hmm. I go... I do, I do movie reviews. It's not quite as spastic as this. I haven't seen you post it's a Gargoyle in, review in a while. It's been since Halloween. Because those were good. Well, and I did a bunch of them, and then holidays, and then work started back, and now I'm getting back into the, all right, I need to start making stuff again. I really like those a lot. I I would like for you to quit Mass Listeria and just do those. Maybe I'll just start, like, inserting my move reviews. Like, the only things that I say during Mass Listeria, (laughs) (laughs) just piece by piece, my move review. You're a nerd. (laughs) Lucas is leaving. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Monster Pod. Yay! That is the name of this podcast, right? Yeah, the Monster Pop. That's yeah. Yeah. Bye.